Well, good evening to everyone. Hopefully you have had a good day. Um, got some rest this afternoon. Uh, but it is good that we are here together as the church. I know there's a lot of people traveling, a lot of different things going on right now. Uh, coming from a longer holiday weekend last weekend and people just going in and out and seeing family, but also a lot of sickness. Um, just listen to our prayer requests and you can tell a lot of people that are sick right now and recovering. We need to keep, keep them in our prayers and uh, as well as us because I know it's going through our family and hopefully that's out of the way now. But it's just a rough time for a lot of that. So we'll keep that in our prayers. And before we begin our sermon, uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Uh, this evening, thank you for a day that we've had to be able to worship you, to remind one another about uh, what you have done for us from beginning of the world all the way until now, and you continue to work. We're grateful that you take care of us and watch over us, and I pray that you'll be with us as we go into this time of study, as we think about ourselves and uh, things that we need to work on, as well as how to interact with people of this world as we consider our relationship to you and uh, other people and their relationship to you. Let's pray that you'll be with us as we study your word and we think together tonight. We love you and we pray this to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So what I want to talk about tonight is the art of apologizing. Now, it may seem like a weird title to call this, you know, the art of apologizing. I appreciate Mark's comment that he said this morning about um you know, the self-help uh, junkie. Now, I wouldn't put myself on a junkie level with that, but I am fascinated by the self-help. Uh, different books that are out there, uh, if you get into audibles. I know you listen to a lot of podcasts or things like that. Of listening to somebody that, you know, they have found something that they're really good at. And for them, they have turned it into an art. And it's more complex, usually, at the, uh, than you really give it credit for. You know, there might be some kind of a task or hobby that somebody is interested in that becomes their, their art. They really dive deep into learning the ins and outs of it. And I'm so fascinated by that, especially if you find something that you can, you know, get into the nuts and bolts of. And there's a lot of things in life that maybe we take for granted that we don't really understand the ins and outs of until we get into it. Uh, it could be something very simple or it could be something really complex. And I've come to find out that apologizing is very complex. There's a lot that's involved with it, of making the statement of, I'm sorry. And what I want to do tonight is I just want to work through some different things that I think make this really complex when you're trying to decide how to apologize, when to apologize, what to apologize for, your personal responsibility as well as another individual, what's their responsibility in the situation. And so I just want to look at it, give some verses to it, and see if we can um, just give some understanding to how we operate and how other people operate as well. But I want to think about this question first. When should you apologize? Now, that may seem even more simple or more trivial. Okay, well, when you offend somebody. But if we're honest with ourselves, apologizing is really difficult. And we don't do a really good job at it. So let's think about just for a little bit, why should you or when would you apologize? Now, you're thinking about a friendship. You know, in a friendship, maybe you have a situation in your mind right now. You might be pointing the finger at somebody. I just wish they would come and apologize to me for what they did. Maybe you think about yourself of, you know what, I said something behind their back that got around to them. I didn't mean for it to happen. What are some things that we should apologize for? Maybe a little bit deeper into thinking about our friendships. It might be that we have stabbed somebody in the back. Now, those are strong terms to think about, you know, stabbing someone in the back. But we do that with our words a lot. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. 
We may say something in, you know, that was said in confidence when we turn around and we tell people. Maybe we disguise it this way, but really what it is, it's, you know, it's gossiping. That can merit an apology. You know, we say something just off the cuff or we say something that we observed or, you know, we're trying to speak up positively and it gets around to an individual and it becomes painful and hurtful. Maybe it's a situation like that that we need to apologize about. So maybe it's even being insensitive to someone, making a joke or a comment that you did not realize was going to be hurtful. It may hurt somebody. To seek it, you know, the opportunity to say an apology in a moment like that. And so we see it with our friendships. But maybe we think about our families. Arguments within a family, they're complex as well. Now you think about just from, you know, spouse to spouse in a family. Think about some of those arguments that just really started welling up and both parties kind of walk away upset. And maybe they think in their head, you know, I don't know if I should be the first one to apologize or not. They're the one that said it. They're the one that did this. You know, it's very easy when we get in an argument with somebody, we want to point the fingers and think, you know, they need to apologize for what they said. Instead of us stepping back and thinking, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have acted in the way that I did. Maybe our anger gets to us. Or maybe it's our selfishness. You know, we are being selfish about something, maybe our time or um, the things that we want to do, and we don't realize the impact that they may ha- that may have on another person, our spouse. There may be something that you're thinking of right now specifically between you and your spouse that you think, all right, I need to apologize about that. I said something, I did something that I shouldn't have. We get into arguments with one another, and sometimes we just throw in the kitchen sink with everything. It comes to a point and you say something, I really did not think that through, and I shouldn't have said that. But when we're in the moment, do we think clearly? No, when our anger gets to us or, or our pride or our selfishness or whatever that gets to us, we say things that we shouldn't say. And we may have to really think through that and think, okay, well, I need to go and talk to that person, especially when it's a spouse, when it's our loved one. But what about to a sibling, sibling to sibling? Have you ever been in a family spat where a brother or sister or sister and sister, brother and brother don't talk for a while? I don't know how long you have gone. I'm assuming there's probably somebody in this room that you might not be on speaking terms with a brother or sister right now. Where I, we've seen that happen. Those happen around us a lot where you may, oh, I'm not going to talk to them until they come talk to me first. I'm not going to talk to them because they offended me. They hurt me. You may not have talked to somebody for a week, two weeks, a month, six months, a year. We know that it happens in families. Why is that so difficult? What about kids to parents? I mean, we, you know, as children, we don't listen to our parents sometimes. We step out of the rules and we think, you know what, I'm justified in why I did that. I have a completely justifiable reason why I didn't do what my parents told me to do. You know, because we know everything at every stage in our life. Even as older children to our parents, there may be a a situation where we need to apologize, or maybe what about parents to kids? You know, for me, I think about, you know, raising kids, and there's a lot of times where I've had to, to tell, you know, Kenley, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said that, or I did not realize that this was in place, or this, or this, and to apologize to a kid, you know, you think you have to really identify some things about yourself, and what you did, and, you know, to relay that to a two-year-old, that gets difficult. A three-year-old, 
five-year-old, and so forth and so forth. The older, the different ages, the different genders, everything involved with an apology is complex. The situation involving it, uh, everything going on, it makes the, the whole thing really difficult. So when you say, when should I apologize? In some ways, it should be obvious to us when we need to say something. But a lot of times, we're just blind to it. And why? Or what stops us from saying those simple words, I'm sorry? They go together very well, I'm sorry. And sometimes we say them very quickly, but do we really mean it? I think that's one of the, the really dangerous things about an apology is saying it and then having no real meaning to it at all. I'm sorry, just to you know, de-escalate the situation, to, to turn down the anger level, or just to uh, you know, make the, the calm in the house or the calm in a relationship or in a friendship just to appease it. And we say, I'm sorry, but then we don't actually do anything with it. We say the words, but do we follow through with some actions? What really is involved when we make those statements? I'm sorry. What leads to that, or what do we accompany with it? Before we get into a little bit more of the complexities, I just want to think for a moment about Paul. In 2 Corinthians, if you have your Bibles, open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. There's a couple of things here that stuck out to me as I was studying and thinking about how to apologize. And I came to Paul... In his second letter that he writes to the church in, uh, in Corinth. Now, if you'll recall, the first letter, it was filled with a lot of, look, guys, what are you doing? Really, you're allowing this to happen? Really, this is the stuff you're saying? These are, these are the things that you're teaching within the church? These are the things you're doing with each other? Are you kidding me? Is this the kind of church that God bought with his son's blood? Paul even gets a little bit more into it. He's like, are you kidding me? Is this what I taught you to do? Look, I came and I spent this amount of time with you. I said all this stuff to you and you walk away and that's what you took from the lesson? That's what you took from the years that I spent with you? In some ways, he's just spitting mad at them. Of, you really missed the point about what's going on here. Well, he writes a follow-up letter to them and through some different visits, through some of uh, his friends that come to him. And he, he talks to him. he says, Look, I realize that some of the things that I said, it may have offended you. But Paul doesn't apologize about it. But it does spur him on, and it spurs the Corinthian church on to consider their actions and how they should respond to one another, and even to God, as well as Paul. And so listen to a few verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 3. And I wrote as I did. So that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. As Paul was calling them out, he was addressing them and teaching them. He said, look, I'm doing this out of love and sincerity, and it hurts me to see these things going on. It hurts me to know that there are divisions, there are fights, dissensions, whatever word you want to throw in there. You guys aren't agreeing with each other. He says, it hurts me, and, and I didn't really intend for that, but I did. I was hoping that my words would stir you on to something else. In verse 5, he says, now if anyone has caused pain, he's caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should return so rather you should turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote, that I might test you, 
and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, I have forgiven if I have forgiven anything has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. I think Paul gets into the complexities of an apology in just these few beginning verses, and it will continue on through the rest of the book. And I would encourage you to read chapter 7 specifically about their response back to him and, and him praising them a little bit about you picked up on all the, the details. You figured this out. of What do you do when there's some problems among you? What do you do when uh, there's somebody that not only disagrees with you but really disagrees with God or God does not approve of their action? How do you handle all this? And what happens when they come to you and ask for forgiveness in the presence of Christ? How do you respond back to, you, uh, back to them? Do you hold it against them? Do you hold it over their heads? Do you uh, turn a blind eye? Do you just act like nothing happened at all? What do you do with each one of these things? So, you know, maybe if you want to study into it a little bit more, you'll think about 2 Corinthians, and I'll give you that challenge of go and read uh, uh, Paul's second letter to them and see maybe some of these key ideas that will come out that are related to being sorry and forgiveness and repentance. Because all of those things are involved in understanding this one phrase of, I'm sorry. So let's talk about some of the details. Uh, I'm going to show a couple of different relationships or a few relationships that make forgiving or apologizing difficult and maybe some stages that we can all recognize together. And so let's work through it. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think about initiating an apology is me to myself. Okay, so if I have offended you, I need to be able to recognize that. But if I have some pride, some arrogance, selfishness, I'm not really going to be concerned about you. There's some things that I have to recognize in my own life that maybe I'm going to have to push to the side in order for me to see clearly. I think about Paul's exhortation that he gives in Romans chapter 11. I mean, excuse me, Romans 12, verse 18. As far as it depends on me, live peaceably with all. The Beatitudes, we learn in there that that Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. We have to recognize some things about ourselves. Look, if we don't want to say, I'm sorry, we don't want to apologize, what's stopping us? Is it that we think we're justified or we're right in what we said or what we did? And now if it had a true reason behind it, like what Paul's talking about, he's not apologizing for speaking truth, speaking the words of Christ, being an example of Christ to them. But a lot of times, but what when we need to say, I'm sorry, it's because we stepped out of line. Or to phrase it more specifically, we sinned. So there's some things that we have to recognize about ourselves in a moment of, what did I say? What should I have not said? You know, things along those lines. is stuff that we have to consider as we study uh, ourselves. Maybe some other verses that come to mind. Romans 14, verse 19. Therefore, let's keep on pursuing those things that bring peace and that lead to building up one another. Psalm 34, verse 14. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Hebrews 12, verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So if you're looking at an opportunity to apologize, consider yourself first. 
Where do you stand? Do you see some flaws or some things that you actually did? You have to recognize what happened. But that leads to the next point. When I think about an apology, I have to think about me and God. Before we make that first step to reconcile or to fix something, where do I stand with God? If I have sinned against my brother, or if I have sinned against someone, that has broken my relationship to God, right? I need to be able to recognize that. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now think about that for a moment. We're looking at you know, making this an apology. We realize that, all right, I need to say something. I did something. Well, that impacted my relationship to God. And to be open and honest with God about the things that we have done, yes, I realize He sees everything. He knows everything. But to tell him and confess that to God, that's a huge step. And if we begin there, we'll begin to prepare ourselves for open and honest discussions with a friend, with a spouse, with a child, with a brother or sister, a brother and sister in Christ, whatever that is. So we have to think about our relationship to God. But in turn... We also have to think about God's relationship to us. So there's a lot of different parties and, and things that are involved in apologies. When we're saying to someone, you know, I'm sorry, I think about my relationship to God, but what does he offer to me as well? There's a lot of verses that echo this, and we're going to see a few more that are related to it. But I think it's fascinating in Matthew chapter 6, as Jesus is teaching his apostles how to pray, and he's showing them things to pray about, what to be aware of. One of the things that he says in the middle of it, in verse 12, he says, And forgive us our debts, speaking to God, forgive us of our debts, as we also for, have forgiven our debtors. This same sentiment is going to be echoed in different ways throughout the Scriptures. If we really understand forgiveness, we extend that to other people. If I ask God, look, God, I, I confess that I have sinned. Please forgive me. I know that His, son blood, his Son's blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. That's the rest of 1 John chapter 1. All of that together we just read. We looked at verse 9, but all of it together is God has forgiven us. So if God has forgiven us because we have asked for it, then will we take that to other people? If we really understand forgiveness, that God shows mercy and grace and kindness and patience toward us, then we should extend that to other people as well. But if our relationship to God is broken, it's going to be very hard for me to reconcile with someone else. It's going to be very hard for me to go to someone and say, I'm sorry if I don't stand with God in the right place. If I'm not forgiven, how can I forgive myself and then ask forgiveness from someone else? So we think about God's relationship to us. But then that goes me to you. If I have offended you, what is your responsibility back to me? And what is mine to you? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 this goes in line with what we just saw. It says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. If I have offended you, I want to make that right because God has gone above and beyond to bring us back to Him when we offended Him. If we are true peacemakers and we want to reconcile, then we're going to go above and beyond with this idea that God has forgiven us and we seek the opportunity to be in the right place with other people. 
I thought this was fascinating as you get into a little bit more about making the statement, I'm sorry. A lot of times we use really bad words to go along with it. I'm sorry if I offended you. By throwing in a little bit of doubt if I offended you, really? We say, I mean, I say that a lot. I know if I'm going to apologize, I'm sorry if I did that. If? Now, you know, I don't really know my own actions. No, like by saying, you know, I'm sorry if, or what about this? I'm sorry, but, and then we start justifying a little bit more. But you had it coming. You know, like, no, you wouldn't really say that if you're saying I'm sorry. But we want to compound that with I'm sorry, but, you know, don't you know you did this? That then puts the responsibility on them instead of on me. It's little things like that that we have to be aware of when we're communicating to each other. And just using simple and straightforward answers and responses. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry I shouldn't have treated you that way. Here's what I did. And if I could, you know, I wish I could go back, but it's, I, I can't do that. So me to you, if I've offended you. But then that begins to reciprocate it. When we talk about an apology, it's not just me that's involved. It's the other person as well. To take them into consideration, we're going to make this statement. What's the responsibility back? One of my favorite stories comes from Genesis. In Genesis chapter 50, we get to the very end of the book itself. But at the end of a story about Joseph as he is in Egypt. If you'll recall, Joseph had a, a few older brothers that threw him in a pit, said he had died, stole his jacket, cut it up, sent it back to his dad and told him, your brother's dead. I mean, your son is dead. Um, but really, they had sold him into slavery. Joseph ends up in Egypt. He ends up in Potiphar's house. He gets accused of some things. He ends up in jail. And then finally, from jail, with God blessing him, he ends up to second in command to Pharaoh in Egypt. That's a huge deal. While he's there, there's a famine that comes to the land. You know all the prophecies that are involved. But the famine comes to the land, and, and Joseph's brothers come to him because they need help, but they don't recognize it's Joseph. They thought he was long gone, had nothing to do at all. Joseph, being a, a little brother, plays around with him a little bit as a young brother's responsibility to his older brothers. Um, but as the story goes on, you get to the very end, and there's this rehashing of what they did to him. And his response to him, and it comes out in Genesis chapter 50, starting in verse 16. Or really, I'll start in verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgression of your servants of the, of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to, him, said to them, Don't fear, for I, am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant it as evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So don't fear. I'll provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. To learn forgiveness from Joseph, who was treated so harshly, yet is able to turn around and say, look, I don't hold it against you. If someone genuinely comes to us and asks for forgiveness, 
What is our response to them? If I were to offend you and I said, I'm sorry, and I was going to work through that, I'm sorry I did this or this, you know, you could have, I'm not going to listen to you. You burnt too many bridges with me. I'm done with this. I'm not going to listen to you. All respect, all loyalty, everything is out the door. It's difficult, but what is our responsibility to somebody that comes to us and says, I'm sorry? I think it has a lot to do with, if I were asking, you know, if I was apologizing to you, where do you stand with God? In James chapter 5, verse 16, James says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So we confess ourselves, you know, confess our sins to one another, especially in the church. We forgive one another. And it goes back to what we saw earlier, because God in Christ has forgiven us. And that's then going to involve your relationship to God. If you know where you stand with God and God stands with you, then what will we do for other people? Our passage that we read tonight was in Luke chapter 17, verses uh, 3 through 4. It says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. There is a difference between just saying, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, I will do better. And to actually do something with it. Repentance is not just stopping an action. It's stopping and turning around the other way. When we repent of sin towards God, we say, God, I'm not going to serve evil anymore. I'm not going to serve myself or my desires. I'm going to serve you. And we walk to him. So when we say, I'm sorry to somebody, we then have to follow it up with actions. Repentance is making things right and say, here's how I will be better next time. Here's what I don't want to do anymore. And I want to fix this as much as possible. And so it goes to our relationship to one another. If we understand what God has commanded of us individually, then we'll know how to respond. It's a complex thing to think about apologies. I don't know if you've broken it down in this way before. It was enlightening to me to think about it, of what all is involved. But I hope it's challenged you, just on a personal level, maybe in a family level. How can I be better today than I was yesterday? How can I be better right now than I was five minutes ago, an hour ago? There might be a situation that's going on with you right now that only you and another individual know about. You might need to ask somebody for forgiveness. You might need to say, I'm sorry. There might be someone in here that's offended you. There might be someone around you that's offended you and and you're seeking forgiveness. What's your responsibility to them? How can you help? How can we help each other be in right standing with one another, but as well as God, with God? There's a lot that's involved in being a Christian. There might be the case that someone is in here that's not a Christian. You don't have forgiveness from God because you have not made the decision to be in Christ. You can make that decision tonight. You can be baptized, receiving the forgiveness of sin so that you can extend that to other people by teaching them and showing them what Christ has done. But maybe you're just hurting. Maybe you need strength. Maybe you need some rebuking. Maybe you need some exhortation. Let the church work together. If we can pray with you, if we can think about these things further with you, help Let us have the opportunity. Let us make the things right that we can. If you need anything, please come as we stand as we sing.